Today is Sunday, July 1st, 2018, and this is Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio video coverage of your Boston Celtics. Episode 269 featuring Fred Katz of Mass Live is brought to you by Simple Contacts. Go to simplecontacts.com, use the promo code CELTICSBEAT at checkout for $30 off your first order. Again, that's simplecontacts.com backslash Celticsbeat or use that promo code Celticsbeat at checkout for $3 off your first order. show of the new NBA season. July 1st marks the start of the new year. Free agency, of course, uh, commenced at 12.01 uh, this morning, early this morning. Of course, deals are flying around. Of course, Woj and Shams and everybody out there on their phones all the time trying to give us updates via Twitter. Although I believe the Celtics offseason will be one of the most quiet ones. That we've had in a while. Definitely much quieter than it was last year for sure when they changed the roster over almost completely 11 new faces in Boston last year. Evan Valenti filling in for Adam Kaufman here on today's Celtics Speed. He'll be back next week. Don't worry. Just taking a quick vacation. Definitely well-deserved. Adam and his family, of course, uh, back next week with more great stuff. And new guests should be a lot of fun. But before we get to Fred, because I want to get to Fred in a second, not going to waste your time here on what is a beautiful weekend and what should be a nice uh, Fourth of July week, I want to tell you guys that first and foremost, you should need to subscribe to this show in iTunes and in Stitcher. It's the best way to be caught up with all the shows, or you can follow me or Adam on Twitter. It's Adam M. M. Kaufman on Twitter for Adam. I'm just Evan Valenti, E-V-A-N-V-A-L-E-N-T-I. But not only that, make sure you subscribe to the CLNS Media YouTube channel. Uh, we have a whole bunch of stuff, not just this show, not just Patriots Beat with Mike Petralia, not good, not just Good and Plenty with Jeff Goodman. We have Patriot Roundtables, Celtics Roundtables, of course, that I'm on. But we are also at all the press conferences, so make sure you stay tuned for more stuff from Danny Ainge, more stuff from Brad Stevens, more stuff from the newcomer in Celtic Green, Rob Williams. We had his press conference, his introductory press conference up on our YouTube channel right now. Check out what he had to say about working hard. I think the Celtics obviously nailed that draft pick and all the stuff that was you know, leaked out about Robert Williams' maybe work ethic and might have been overblown in college. Seems like he's got his head on straight as soon as he walked into the door uh, in Waltham. But want to take some time here as we get started on this show. We're talking about newcomers. We have a newcomer to the Celtics beat. He works for Mass Live. He takes the place of Jay King. It's Fred Katz. Fred, before we even get moving, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, so, Give us a little background on you. You're brand new to the beat. We're very excited to have you. Uh, first and foremost, get ready to embrace the weird. Uh, but give us a little bit of your background. Where are you from? So I'm from New York, actually. Uh, yes, definitely embrace the weird. I'm from New York. Uh, I've been covering the Oklahoma City Thunder for the last couple of years. Got the job uh, a few months ago and uh, am in the midst of moving up to uh I'm in the midst of moving up to Boston right now. I'm still actually staying in New York for a little bit and signed a lease. I'm waiting for the lease to actually start before I get there. So you and I have been talking a little bit about how you're you're a somewhat Syracuse guy. You went there for one year, right? Yeah, I was there my freshman year, and then I ended up transferring to Missouri. But I was a yeah, I was a basketball manager there in the year of. Uh, 
the year of Johnny Flynn and Eric Ebendorf and, uh, and Paul Harris. And there were some good players there. Renze was there. Wes Johnson was, uh, was redshirting. Andy Routen. It was a good team. It was a sweet 16 team. I, I only bring this up because either this is either going one of two ways. Either one, this is going to be great. Or two, I'm going to cut this from the entire podcast. This, 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 this could go very well or very poorly. But I have, I have this weird thing where I have a really good memory, right? So I think I forget where I first heard you, but you were in Oklahoma City covering the Thunder. And it was during a press conference. I'm not really quite sure what was going on. I think it was a Russell Westbrook press conference. Something was said. I think your voice was around and... They, like there, the camera was on, and I was like, I think I know that guy. So let me let me try. So I was at Q's 08 to 12, right? And I want to ask you a question. Did you have a class at SU with a professor that may or may not have been intoxicated during the class? Oh, uh, it's possible, but I don't remember that. What was the class? So I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but it was a math class. Um, a pretty entry-level math class. And a, a professor may or may not have been intoxicated at the time. The entire class might have known this and watched the class essentially fall apart as the professor tried to teach it drunkenly. I think I'm – it was a, it was a, it was like a freshman year, early-level math class that nobody actually wanted to be in, but we had to take for like a requirement. That's a hell of an endorsement for Syracuse. Uh, it is, isn't it? No, I – I don't remember that. Maybe maybe now that you're saying it, now I feel like I have vague memories, but I don't know if it's because you're just saying it to me or because I was actually So there. let me let me take you through what I'm going through right now. So there's there's there was a moment in this class where the word variables was written on the chalkboard, but the the letter V and the letter S were in two completely different spots. Like one was written <laughs> and it would curve down to the right as it went further throughout the word, like V was nice, then A got a little wonky, then as it kept going, it got a little less like, uh, you can't, couldn't really tell what it was, it looked more like hieroglyphics at the end. So basically how this has gone is exactly how I thought it would go. Uh, you don't remember this at all, and I do very vividly, just because I never forget, I never forgot that I was like, I'm like, here's how it went in my mind. And it, I, You could be a completely different person, but here's how I thought, just because things are situational. I think... I, I had to leave the class because I was laughing so hard that this was actually happening in a college level, you know, at a university that I really wanted to go to. And I was sitting on a bench outside the classroom laughing my ass off because I just couldn't handle that. And as, right when I was about to go back into the classroom, you walked out doing the same exact thing I did, like getting a fresh uh, a breath of fresh air because we just could not handle being in the environment without laughing our ass off collectively. That's how I remember this going. I I remember none of that. Yeah. That's I remember none of that, but it might have happened. Regardless, welcome to the beat. It's good to have you. Uh, glad to always have fresh faces in Mass Life. It's a great job with coverage. Um, you know, coming from Oklahoma City to Boston, you know, you're used to covering a guy, Russell Westbrook, that A, generates a ton of media attention, and B, is a tough interview. What have you learned in your time with Russ to maybe prepare you for this job? Oh, God, I don't think there is anything about covering Russ that is replicable to covering any other person, to be honest. He is a uh, he is he is his own human being, I think would be the nice way to put it. Uh, He's he's very difficult to cover. He really doesn't want to let you in and, uh, you know, makes it very difficult to to interview, whether in a, a, you know, really any sort of setting, scrum setting or, or any other. So 
So quite honestly, I, I, I'm not sure if there's going to be that much of an overlap. I mean, look, it's not like Russ stands for the entire team. There are lots of guys on that team that are, you know, super easy interviews. You know, Steven Adams remains one of the best in the league, and I got to cover Ennis Canner, who's, who's, who's great with that. And, 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 you know, there are a lot of a lot of really good guys on that team. But, yeah, Russ is, Russ is real tough. He's real tough to deal with every day. There's no question. Yeah, and you're a bit used to quote machines because everything Stephen Adams says is just incredible. Kyrie sort of a similar everything way. he says blows up. Yeah, yeah Ky- everything Stephen says blows up. Kyrie's very similar. He just is. He's very weird. I'm just gonna prep you for this. His uh, he likes. He's one of those guys, and I love Kyrie. I love watching him. I love listening to him speak because he's just a different guy. But he thinks he's one of these guys that thinks he's intellectual. And then every once in a while, says so something very, very poignant. But for the most part, it's a lot of just like fluff and, and BS and to distract you from like what question you originally answered. It's, it's really great. Um, but you come to a team here, Fred. It's pretty well set up for the future. I, I just it's just interesting thing going around, not only just Celtics fanhood, Celtics Twitter, but just NBA Twitter in general, how Boston essentially is going to say no to bringing on LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard. And basically everybody in any other situation besides Golden State would take that. And yet here we are, and Boston saying no to bringing on a guy like LeBron James or trading for Kawhi Leonard, they're just it's, it's not crazy. Where do you stand on the Celtics not bringing in either one of these guys? Yeah, I mean, I think you know LeBron, LeBron it makes it tough for him. He just turned down his player option. There's not really a viable way for him to get there if it's not going to be some sort of a pickup on a player option. And obviously, he has to want to come there too. And 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 for Kawhi, I mean, you're not going to pull the trigger on a Kawhi deal that means a massive package. It means giving up, you know, Brown and draft picks and you know whatever else. We're assuming Tatum's off the table regardless. But you're you're not going to pull the trigger on a deal like that without some sort of commitment that Kawhi is going to be around beyond 2019 when he could become a free agent. It's just not necessarily the, the right way to play it. The reason that Paul George ended up not going to the Lakers last year was because his market value, his trade market value was driven so down by basically teams like the Celtics taking a similar approach to what they are to Kawhi right now, where teams like Philadelphia taking a similar approach to what they are with Kawhi right now to where they're saying, no, you're not, you're not going to get Jalen Brown. You're not going to get the Sacramento pick or you're not going to get the Nets pick or whatever it was. They ended up making that Kyrie deal. There were two years left on Kyrie's contract, but teams didn't want to make, take that risk on Paul George. They just, they didn't want to be able to do that when so many people thought that he was going to be going to Los Angeles and Oklahoma city. You know, Victor Oladipo had a tremendous year and made unbelievable improvements uh and DeMontis Sabonis got a lot better and I don't think the Thunder were surprised by that at all but the Thunder were able to capitalize at the time when people were describing it as salary dumping Victor Oladipo's contract that's how much he improved this year so they they drove his value down enough to where Oklahoma City was comfortable enough doing it uh maybe the Lakers are are willing to give something give up a bunch to trade him this time Uh, it does seem like they're in a little bit of a position they were a year ago uh but it's it's uh you know, it's. I don't think it's all that different from the Paul George situation from last summer. If you got confirmation from Kawhi, so if let's just say, and this isn't happening, but we all know Kawhi's not coming to Boston at this point. But if you got assurance from Kawhi in his camp that a he's one hundred percent healthy and b he would re-sign in Boston, would it be worth it to you to trade away a Jalen Brown and whatever else they need to get to to, to get Kawhi? to make that work or are you in the camp of look you bring in Kawhi Leonard a couple things are going to happen one 
your your salary cap and your tax situation to go through the roof. Uh, B, you know, is it great that you have three guys that are studs, but there's not enough ball to maybe go around for those guys? Like Kyrie needs a lot of shots. Hayward, we don't even know yet what his situation is. Uh, we haven't seen him really play for the Boston Celtics at all outside of five minutes against the Cavaliers in four preseason games. Uh, my my main concern would be maybe they couldn't make that all gel together. Would you rather have the future flexibility of the way the contracts line up as these max deals line up for Tatum and Brown, or would you rather just go for it all right now, Fred? Look, even if you keep it this way, your 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 tax bill is going to get extremely expensive in 2019, regardless. Like Kyrie is going to be a free agent in 2019. Horford's going to be a free agent in 2019. Like your your bill is going to get extremely um, extremely high. You know, you got Smart coming off the books this year. If he takes the qualifying offer, then it's in 2019. Same thing with Rozier. Like you're going to have a really expensive team no matter what. If ownership signs off on it and Kawhi is willing to commit and you know he's healthy, I mean, that's a top five player. And I don't think the worries with the ball is that big of a deal, to be honest. Like Kawhi was a finals MVP when he was averaging 15 points a game. Gordon Hayward is not a ball dominant player. Gordon Hayward is a ball mover. Like Gordon Hayward was playing for Quinn Snyder. Like he is, that was a, that was a major, major motion ball movement offense. Like Quinn Snyder, Quinn Snyder was never actually a Spurs assistant, but he's as close as you can get to being part of the Spurs tree without actually being part of the Spurs tree. Like he was a coach in for the Austin Toro Toros when they were the Spurs D league team. And he coached under, you know, former Spurs assistants like Mike Budenholzer and like, uh, Mike Brown, and he went and coached under Otori Messina when he was in uh, Russia, and now Messina is Pop's assistant head coach there. Like there are, there are so many uh, different ways that that Hayward has gone about moving the ball, and he's just I, I, that doesn't concern me in the least bit, honestly. Kyrie is the one who I think needs the ball in that situation, but you have so much talent, you can never have too many wings. In a scenario like that, you've got Tatum, you've got Hayward, you've got Brown, or you've got um, you've got Kawhi Leonard. You got the best defensive fivesome in the NBA when you have Horford at the five. Uh, I there's there's no question that that's something that you pull the trigger on if Kawhi commits and you're assured that his leg is is okay. But those are two very big ifs. And it sounds like you know a lot of this that has come out recently. It's it's been fun to watch the national guys. Versus the local guys in this whole thing because the national guys say you know you know Wojnarowski will come out with you know the Celtics in 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 Spurs and Lakers and Spurs are engaged in trade talks. Meanwhile, you hear from Bull Pat and you hear from Murphy and and Himmelsbach about how you know this is yeah are they engaged? Sure, but it hasn't gone past this stage. And it seems like Danny's like, look, if I'm not getting any reassurance here from Kawhi in either of these regards, if not both of them, then there's just no way this is going to happen. And with Ainge, this has been Ainge's M.O. for his entire duration with these Nets picks. It's always been, look, a lot, like in the entire national media, they want him to essentially trade all these things away and cash in all his chips at the same time. But every time this has come up, whether it's Paul George or Jimmy Butler, now it's Kawhi Leonard, it's been, you know, look, we have a certain range where we'll go. This is as far as we'll go. I'm sticking to this. If not, we'll see you later. We'll go after somebody else if we need to. Now, from it began, Fred, as a Danny's in a, a position where he can deal from strength but obviously needs to build a team to now he has the team he wants, can still add pieces, and 
what he's trying to do essentially, Fred, is have his cake and eat it too. And I, I can't really blame him because you look at the way the Warriors are set up with these young, like not young, but this dominant core of three guys, four guys with Draymond who are going to be good for a very long time. Danny's been able to get a team that can compete now. And I think next year health, you know, regard if, if as long as they're healthy, they're going to be fine. But a team that can compete now, the year after, but with Jalen and Jason and now have this extended window that I think everybody dreams about. That's uh, that's absolutely true. And those guys are going to get expensive when their contracts are up. And you still got two more years of Brown, three more of Tatum before he hits restricted free agency. And even then you've got them on the cheap. You've got them on the cheap max for 25% of the cap. So, so yeah, I mean, that's you're going to – you're going to be in a very good position in that case. But again, if, if Kawhi, Kawhi is not willing to commit, it's, it's so unlikely to happen. But if you're put in a position like, I don't want to compare Kawhi Leonard to, so it's, you're not getting a rickety veteran. Like he is 26 years old. Kawhi Leonard has done so much and it feels like he's been around forever because he was a finals MVP four years ago. And he's in the playoffs every single year, except for this year when he was hurt, obviously. So it feels like he's been around forever. Kawhi Leonard is entering his prime right now. Like this is not a situation where you know you're 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 worried about a guy unless you're worried about the leg injury. This is not a situation where you're necessarily worrying about a guy falling off for many, many, many years. Like you can sign him to a five-year deal and he'll still be at the back end of his prime. So uh, I, that's that's not necessarily a worry. The worry is will he commit or won't he commit, and that's totally legit i mean that's that's fine if you don't want to give up a guy who you can have under team control for seven years for a guy you might only have for one when your window is very very long i mean that makes perfect sense quick break from fred to tell you that today's show is brought to you by simple contacts simple contacts is a convenient way to renew your contacts lens prescription to reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes it's vision care simplified we all know how going to the eye doctor can be a big pain just to renew your prescription right it's waiting in the office for what can feel like hours you got to figure out if like number one or number two better it's a hassle and not anymore though simple contacts brings the doctor to you wherever you need it you can take a vision test at home have it finished in just five minutes then a real doctor reviews your tests and writes you a new prescription this is not a replacement for your full periodic eye exam but if you just want to update your script in minutes log on to simplecontacts.com need a refill then upload a picture of your prescription simple contacts handles the rest and the contact lens prices folks are unbeatable. The vision test is only 20 bucks and shipping free. Best of all, my listeners get 30 bucks off their first simple contacts order with the promo code CelticsBeat. Try it yourself and save $30 on your lenses by going to simplecontacts.com slash CelticsBeat or enter the code CelticsBeat at checkout. Again, 30 bucks off your first order. Simplecontacts.com backslash CelticsBeat or just use that promo code CelticsBeat at checkout. Back to Fred. What's your view from a guy that's, that went from covering the Thunder for a couple of years? What's your view of Jason Tatum? What do you know? What have you been able to watch and see? What do you like about him? Same thing as everybody else. He's uh, he, he's he's really good. Uh, you know, I I just think it's amazing that um, how much better of a defender he's become in the last year and a half. That, that's kind of the thing that stands out to me the most. I think everybody knew he was going to be a good scorer, maybe not the shooter that he is so quickly, but I think people even saw like eventually he'd become a shooter, but I don't think people, I at least didn't think that he was, he was really going to be this type of defender. And now all of a sudden he could be in the middle of like 
one of what's consistently going to be one of the best defenses in the NBA with with Horford there and 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 obviously with Brown being an excellent defensive player too and Marcus Smart and a bunch of other guys like that Rozier is really good uh and it's uh I was surprised that Tatum fit in so quickly not just because I didn't think he was so good on that end of Duke but also because like rookies just aren't defenders like you look around the league this year there were so many rookies who were good defenders like rookies are normally even rookies who are good are not good you know like uh michael carter williams won rookie of the year michael carter williams was not a good player that year rookies who are good are just good for rookies and then they become good you look at a lot of guys who become great players you look at their rookie years maybe they put up numbers on bad teams they weren't good Jason Tatum's really being a good defensive player as a rookie, which tends to be the last part that comes. I mean, go look at clips of Tony Allen as a rookie. He was good, but he wasn't close to what he was as like Tony Allen. Like there are, it was just amazing to me how many good defensive rookies there were in the league this year, you know, from him and to Frank Milikina and just a lot of good ones. And, and Tatum was, was one of them. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, even Lonzo Ball wasn't that terrible defensively at, from at times. Like I know oh, Lonzo got... Ball's a good defender. Yeah, no, Lonzo Ball's a good defender. He's he's long. He he fights hard on the perimeter. He's anyone with that length who can get over a over a ball screen is is a good defender. I mean, when he's guarding guys who are smaller than him. So we have the free agency period coming up. July first, obviously, is the first day. The new NBA calendar when NBA free agency starts. Uh, Celtics have some guys they're looking to to, to bring back. Keith Smith's been all over Aaron Baines. He kind of uh, he said it on uh, Adam Kaufman, who usually hosts this show, his last show that Aaron Baines, you know, it's pretty much locked in. I mean, they had him representing both Brad Stevens and Jason Tatum at the award ceremony. If, they, if either one had won, Baines would have accepted it on their honor. You don't bring somebody to an award ceremony like that if you don't have any intentions of bringing them back. So it looks like Baines is coming back. But the big one, obviously, Fred, is the Marcus Smart restricted free agency thing. That's going to be really interesting now. Again, Keith last night, I believe, was the first one to have this, that Marcus Smart has uh, – they've at least tendered Marcus Smart and have extended him the qualifying offer of $6 million. Now Marcus Smart hits restricted free agency. What team out there, Fred, to you is the most dangerous when it comes to prying Marcus away from the Boston Celtics? Maybe Phoenix. It could be Phoenix. They're going to have room. They want to win next year. Uh, he, he makes sense there. They need some sort of competent ball handler next to Devin Booker. You know, maybe he's not the most conventional point guard and he's not really a good guy off the ball, but he just finds ways to make it work. You could see Indiana having something, you know, put him next to Victor Oladipo, similar type of thing. You know, Oladipo and Booker are both kind of, they're, they're, they're more shooting guards than they are point guards. They really run their team's offenses, you know, and smart can figure stuff off off the ball and you'll have a really, really feisty backcourt with smart and Oladipo. I mean, that could combine for the best defensive backcourt in the NBA right away. Um, and maybe Dallas. I mean, Dallas, Dallas seems like they want to spend their, their cap space on a center, this summer and and maybe they just you know maybe they end up missing out on some on some centers and maybe they don't end up making a play for demarcus cousins or whomever else and maybe they just end up settling for like a Montrez harrell or something like that and they end up having leftover room and and dallas doesn't really have uh that much incentive to tank because they traded away their top five second first round pick for next year so if you uh you know, if if you miss out on those centers, you know Dallas could end up going out and making making a nice little offer to 
to Marcus Smart or something like that. So I think those teams could be there. I also think the possibility of him picking up the qualifying offer is really there. It's $6.1 million. He could enter free agency in 2019. A lot of guys have picked up player options when in a normal year they wouldn't. You know, Thaddeus Young picking up his player option is not a thing that would happen in a normal year. Danny Green, same thing, because the market is going to be so dry this year. You know, it's like people tell me Aaron Baines, like, could be worth the taxpayer mid-level exception, but there's only so many spots for big men. So he also could just end up having to settle for the middle, for the uh, minimum. And and Marcus Smart could end up just not really with a, any very enticing offers this summer, too, because of that same sort of principle. There's just only about seven teams who are going to have significant cap space, and it's going to be hard for really any free agent to get any sort of big-time offer if he's not like a for-sure max guy. Yeah, and you can t- look at Nerland's Noel as a guy that tried to bank on himself with that qualifying offer, and now here we are. He's going to be in unrestricted free agency, and I haven't heard anybody even sniff around Nerland's Noel. So this could go – and like unfortunately for Marcus, he just becomes a free agent at the wrong time. It's not like when Evan Turner and Alan Crabb became free agents and all of a sudden Portland's handing out you know bags of cash and basically dropping it on their doorstep for Marcus and for Baines and very productive players. It's just unfortunate that the, uh, the, this is going this way. But, I mean, if you're, if you're Marcus Smart, you know, motivate yourself with the qualifying offer if it ends up coming this way. And I actually agree with you. I think it might end up coming down to him accepting the qualifying offer because Danny's not going to do anything in terms of a contract. If nothing comes in, he's not going to extend him too much more than that $6 million that's going to be offered. But if your market's smart, the one big thing that could change your entire market value is that three-point shot. And if he finds any way to shoot somewhere close to – like not even league average, just slightly below league average, Fred, he would make himself a significant chunk of change, but I don't have any faith in that. I just, I find it interesting that after all the upheaval that we've watched over the past two plus years with with the Celtics, including last year where they swapped out 11 players that this year, it seems like free agency is going to be something that everybody else dips their toes in the Celtics roster for the most part seems set at this point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does. I mean, who knows? Crazy stuff always happens, and it does feel like there could be some crazy stuff to, to go down this offseason. But in terms of the Celtics, yeah, I mean, they're they're capped out right now. Uh, they're they're going to be close to the tax, at least right now. I think if, if everybody comes off their books, they're still – everybody who could come off their books, they're still over the, ta- over the, over the cap because they got – Hayward's big contract and Kyrie's big contract and Horford's big contract and Tatum is now on a rookie scale deal on like the higher paying rookie scale and Brown's in the third year of his deal and you still got Marcus Morris on the books and you still got Yabuselli on the books so uh, I mean that that pushes you you over the ta- over the over the cap alone there's just not really very much flexibility to be able to to do anything their flexibility to turn trades because they have so many assets. Uh, but in terms of like signing somebody, they would, you know, have to seriously, you know, knock off some pieces of the roster. So they'd be able to do that other than, of course, uh, like they could have that taxpayer taxpayer exception for a little over five million dollars. That's Fred Katz. He's the newest addition to the Celtics beat team. He's working for Mass Live. Make sure you guys give him a follow on Twitter. Fred, thanks for taking some time, man. Welcome to Boston. Can't wait to get started with you. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Looking forward to working with you. And that will do it for another edition of Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media. A couple thank yous to hand out. 
course, to Fred Katz. Welcome to the beat, Fred. Glad to have you uh, in Boston with us. It's going to be a fun season, I'm sure. But thanks to Fred for jump, jumping on the show with me. Thanks to Nick Gelso, our CEO of CLNS Media. Larry H. Russell, the executive producer of this show. The normal host of this show. Hey, Adam, thanks for taking a week off so I can have some time. Appreciate that, buddy. He'll be back next week. But most importantly, I want to thank you guys out there in the podcast sphere, wherever you're listening. I love you guys so much. You guys are the greatest audience of all time. Again, make sure you subscribe to this show on iTunes, on Stitcher. Subscribe to CLNS Media on YouTube to the 16,000 plus of you that are subscribed to our YouTube page. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much. More great content coming on that. And if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you doing? Get out there. Subscribe to CLNS Media. Leave us a rating and review for this show. Of course, if you're on iTunes, comments always, always. How to improve this show. We always take that stuff to heart. We always want to make sure we're giving you guys the best content that you could possibly ask for. I'm Evan Valenti. I'm taking off for this week. You guys have yourselves a happy 4th of July. Should be a much quieter uh, little free agency period here for the Celtics as they have most of the roster filled out. But you never know with Danny, of course. But I'm going to go relax and enjoy the sunshine. Gino, let's get out of here.